Welcome everybody, we back, it's the One Against the Grain podcast, I'm your host Brownie Blends, along with the beautiful Alicia J, we in this thing. Thank you, we are in this thing, it's good to be back Brownie, it's <laughs> Man, good to be uh, back, it's been far too long. And we crazy keep saying, hiatus. We keep saying this, Can we get we're some consistency? Busy. Can we get some consistency for our listeners please? Listen, I'm trying, Brownie, I'm trying to get some, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to get some consistency, but it's hard to do when you're as busy as we are, which is a blessing. Okay. Yeah. It's not a yeah. blessing, but we've been I might be more I might I might be more unorganized than busy. Really, do tell. I'm just all over the place. I don't know. My, 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 my calendar's a mess. I tried I, I tried this new calendar called uh um uh, uh something. My daughter gave me Google stuff. I don't know. I, it's all confusing. And I have a calendar on my phone. I'm, I'm I'm working through text messages. I'm doing all these. I just need to, I think, I think if I get organized, I could find extra, I, I, I'll be able to find some extra time in a day if I can do that. Until yeah, then, I, I'm hopeless. But I also think that what's important for us, because we're both traveling, is we just uh-huh. need to travel with the equipment. Like we need to find like a really easy way to record with good audio so that we can just yeah. like, you know, record yeah, somewhere. Because that's yeah, not I, the problem. Because I know the first class flights you're on, the Wi-Fi is really good. But those Southwest flights, my Wi-Fi is is, is horrible, so I probably won't be able to match that. But Who's first class, uh, I'm first getting class? there. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> but we, but look, when we get to our de- la- the last time I traveled, I took my laptop with me. Um, yeah. but, but we did. We still didn't get a chance to record because even out of town, our schedules could get right. But we're gonna work on that. Yeah, we are. We are. Cause we have to be consistent, but it's yeah. good to be back with all you we, today. So we got a special guest in the building today. You know who that is? I do. Do you, you know do you wanna tell them or just, should we just roll it out? Which, what, which, what do you, what do you want to do? Should Give it be them, let's, uh, we can start with a hint. Okay. Soldier boy. So is it soldiers is soldier boy. Who is it? Little Dirk's in town. Little Dirk is in town. He's in town. He's in town. As a matter of fact, I think I hear the arena. I'm very close. <laughs> I think I can hear. I can hear what's going on. But yeah, no. Uh, even even better than that, though, we got Andre Iguodala in, a hometown favorite. Yes. Can't, can't wait to get him in here today. So excited to talk to him about everything that he's doing in business. I mean, tech, um, all of those things that he's doing. I mean, it's crazy. In addition to you know, obviously playing, he's doing so much. So well, 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 what do you what you say we welcome him in now? Let's just do the whole show with him. Let's How about do we it. do that? Let's Great go. Great way to come back. Welcome in my guy to the show, Andre Iguodala from Golden State Warriors, NBA champ, uh, author, uh, investor, venture capitalist. What else? What else can we add to that? Anything else I'm missing, Alicia? Uh, I think you're missing a couple things, but <laughs> keep 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 going so the listeners know what we did. Keep going so the uh, father, you know what I mean? Keep there you going go. so, there you so go, the world right. know what we're dealing with here. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's good. Hey, great to have you, man. I've been trying to get you in here since the beginning, and uh, this is exciting to really have you in here so we can talk some business. I'm sure Alicia feels the same. Absolutely. 
It's good to see you, Alicia. It's been a while. You're doing good to bigger, see you, too. You're doing, you're doing bigger and better things, so it's good to see. Well, you know, I'm trying over here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so so what's your week been like? Andre, how, how things going? You know, you back in town? Yeah, um, like, it's been a grind. Like, I've been on a good grind, though. So uh-huh. people have been hitting me up all week, like, how we doing, how we doing? And um, trying to express I'm on, the like, a good grind. That's what I'm calling it. So it's like... You know, like I'm a, like I'm like six thirty a.m. to like nine thirty p.m. like nonstop mm. for like the last like three weeks. It's been like crazy. So, you know, like everything you kind of said, like you know, taking one child to school, going straight to the gym. Uh, I used to listen to a podcast. I got like a forty five minute commute now. Mm. Podcast straight to the gym. Gym is like two or three hours. And man, that's like at the least. And then straight from there to a meeting, to another meeting, to another meeting. And then I had a few dinners last week, like some really good dinners with some, mm-hmm. a couple of tech CEOs. And then straight home, uh, try to get home by like four o'clock and then to pick up for one of the kids. And then uh, probably have like another call or two. And then uh, I'm trying to prep to get ready for the next day. So it's been like that for like three weeks. So it's like it's been a whirlwind. And, uh, you know, scheduling has been crazy because. Now it's getting to the point where the team's getting bigger because there's so much inflow of yeah, yeah. information, but there's just so much like inbound like meetings and calls. It's like it's like you know you got to say no, but it's, it's it's getting to the point where uh, it's so much good, not just deal flow, but so many good conversations, so many people I'm talking to that I got to take them all. So just trying yeah. to be as um, now you realize like we're really being smart with your time is like you really waste no time and making the most of all conversations so it's not too much small talk so i'm learning a lot about myself and just learning a lot about you know just the journey of the morning that's funny that's funny you say that because man alicia right before you came on we we're just talking about uh the struggles because this is our we haven't recorded and it's been at least about a month and a half since we actually done an episode and we have and we're struggling trying to figure out how to manage my time her time when you're busy being busy is a good thing but just trying to figure out and how to manage that, especially when you're working around other people's schedules as well. It's kind of hard to get our fingerprint on that. She's struggling with the same thing. So I think trying to find, uh, uh, I think being organized and prioritizing, that's that's a big one. I think that helps, but yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and a big part of me is like, you know, I'm very like uh, hy- hygiene clean, but I'm like messy in terms of like stuff that's, everywhere. And it's like- That's me as well. Yeah, my, uh, <laughs> yeah, my wife's gonna be tough about like, you know, when you organize, you know, like your workspace and you organize your space, it kind of gets rid of clutter. Because when you see clutter, the mind gets cluttered. So I'm, I'm working yeah. on that. But it's, it's cluttered in one space and I try to hide that clutter and everywhere else is kind of, it seems to be organized, but it's still a work in progress. Yeah. You you mentioned, you mentioned you listen to a po- listen to podcasts on the way to work. What What is Andre Iguodala listening to right now? What type of podcast is, uh, um, is, in, your, is in heavy rotation for you? Yeah, so it's just one podcast. So my business partner, uh, his name is Rudy Klein Thomas. Like he's probably mm-hmm. the, the one of the more unknown people that everyone knows. Uh-huh. So he knows uh-huh. everybody, but he likes staying under the radar. So he put me on uh-huh. this podcast called Business Breakdowns, and it's uh, uh-huh. essentially it breaks down like tech companies, like how they started, uh, how they mm-hmm. grew to be the company they are, you know, what challenges, and it's like a lot of the tech companies I invested in. Like I'm in, I'm in like four four like main sectors for me. Uh-huh. So. Mm-hmm. Um, fintech which is you know your your robin hood your coinbases you know anything dealing with money uh, sure. you know like um online banking those types of things 
which is fintech. And then there's like uh, healthcare prop tech, you know, so you got uh, companies who are trying to figure out or disrupting, you know, dealing with health insurance, dealing with um, the health space or insurance in general, like Hippo, mm. which is a home insurance online company, it just went public uh, most mm. recently, uh, that space. And then there's um, consumer enterprise, which uh, not consumer enterprise, but consumer marketplaces, which was, everyone knows what the consumer place is. You know, we see that day in and day out, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's um, the Amazon could be one or uh, e-commerce, uh, for example, is, you know, the marketplaces. Uh, and then um, SaaS Enterprise, and that's the one not mm-hmm. too many people know about. So SaaS Enterprises is like your Twilio. When you, it's like, what is Twilio? What do they do? Like, what purpose do they serve? So whenever you're getting communication from uh, your Uber driver uh, to let you mm-hmm. know where they're at and you're communicating and they don't have your number, you don't have their number, but there's that, mm-hmm. there's that, that software and there's that coding um, mm-hmm. that gets you in communication with them. Uh, that's through Twilio. So they do that through any company to interact with their uh, customer uh, through, you know, B2B uh, is Twilio. So that's like, it'd be really hard for someone to understand and uh, explain how that works. Uh, and then say you get uh, their pricing and it's a subscription model is really came from the SaaS where you get a that model of you pay a fee every single month for a service. And mm-hmm. Initially, it doesn't seem like something like the, the public markets couldn't figure out, like, why is that so um, why is that so much value? And it's like mm-hmm. when you can go into each quarter and you're guaranteed a certain amount of, uh, of billions, you know, they couldn't figure out how to price that. But now you're seeing everyone's going towards us a subscription type model. So SaaS, which is software as a service, was was the beginning of a subscription. And uh, this podcast, going back to the original question, is exactly what i listened to so it was breaking down uh what was the last one the last one was uh we did twilio on one uh, it was one on uh blackstone blackstone was the last one which is really good so blackstone is like one of the largest private equity firms in the world Mm. so think of like uh remember you go to vegas a lot and then you see like the aria um the aria whole center being built so it was Mm. the aria hotel and then uh anything that was surrounding that those buildings in that little that little place uh, Blackstone uh, p- pretty much uh, funded that project. So they raised yeah. the capital for that to be built. Um, okay. So that's considered, you know, their private equity in the real estate market. And then uh, they did a large acquisition on uh, Hilton. So they're the majority owner of the Hilton hotels. So, I mean, okay. they, they own all the Hilton hotels. Um, yeah. And they broke down how it started. It's only like 30 years old, which is very young for uh, an institution of that size and magnitude. So, yeah. Is breaking down uh, different companies, different sectors, mainly in tech, and it's helping me be able to just learn, you know, how to invest in a company. What do I look for? Uh, the market size, uh, you know, opportunities that can lead from a small niche group that you're focusing on that can expand out to other things. And a perfect example would be Amazon. I started off as books, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that was the last book that I listened to. It's called. Uh, it's right behind. Me. What's that book called? Uh, Jeff Bezos is uh, the everything store. So it was the everything store. And it turned out he was just selling books, but he knew like in 20 years, he would be selling everything. And it was like, people like don't have that mindset. You know what I mean? Like you and I talk all the time in terms of like, people's like, oh, I want to sell this. This is going to be my company. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, all right, what's next? And then they'd be like, 
you know, you're killing my dream because you asked me yeah. two questions. <laughs> like, why are you throwing so much stuff at me? Like, I'm selling this exactly. successful because I see somebody else do it. It's like, no, like, have a much bigger dream or have a much bigger path to success. It shouldn't, like, somebody's going to disrupt you at the end of the day. And the, the longer term you can plan out, the less likely someone's going to disrupt you or come in and, 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 and disrupt your IP. So uh, Amazon's been doing that to everybody, as we can see. You know, they sell yeah, they, from books, then they took, when borders went out, and Barnes and Nobles went out of business, and they just look for the next one. Look for the next one. They just disrupting businesses with you know, kind of how you started this business. Uh, so if you so, but just just for our, just for our listener to the um uh some some rookies in the in the investment world or people that's thinking about it don't know much about it. Um, I, it, some of it could be uh, uh over overwhelming. I mean, obviously, obviously, when you when you have a lot of capital, it's a little bit easier. But for the, for a person that maybe has you know thousand two thousand dollars saved, they want to they want to uh, they don't want to put it in a traditional bank. They want to do something with it. They want to get in the investment world. Where would you where would you recommend the the, the first place to start for the average person if they want to um, start to invest? I would say. Uh start watching a lot of CNBC, which is what I watch, and then start reading uh, or watching a lot of Bloomberg. So CNBC and Bloomberg is uh, what I watch a lot of. And, you know, you come to my room in the road in a hotel, or if you go to, you know, uh, look at my my phone, a lot of the content that I take in, I subscribe to the newsletters, Wall Street Journal, and people be like, you know, what are you watching? Or, or, you know, what's the point of that? And it's like, I'm trying to pick up on a language. It's like a foreign language, but once you pick it up, you know, you get caught up to speed pretty quickly. So the first thing you want to do is educate yourself because you just want to go in and throw your money into something. And then, you know, that's pretty much how you get played. You know, I just got into the NFT space and I got robbed for like, yeah. a, I got robbed for a couple of dollars. But that was going to be my, that was going to be my next, that was going to be my next question too. I'm, yes. glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. And for those that don't, go well, ahead. I was going to say, that, for those that don't know what NFTs are, can you give us a little behind that? Cause I've been doing my research and mm-hmm. I still think, I might not know what it is all the way. <laughs> so. Got you, got you. So, okay, so we'll, we'll do the NFT thing, for example, right? So it's a, investing in, in stocks is the same as investing in NFTs. Like you want to just gather as much knowledge first before you jump in because the people that are do really well at it, you know, they got master's degrees in finance, master's degrees in business. So they went to school to be able to trade stocks, to be able to make money, know how business work, know how they grow. And I always tell people, like, we never had access to this type of knowledge growing up from the communities we grew up in. So, you know, it's up to folks like me or, you know, whoever it is. is, is and I think it's, it's been good with technology. It's the only sector where uh, you truly can be disruptive and people don't know the color of your skin. So you can have an account with Robinhood or you can have, a, uh, you can have an account with Coinbase and you can use all these different tools and you can master these skills and get all this knowledge with so much stuff that's going on on the internet and people don't know what color you are like it's the one place where you can accumulate wealth um that's that's generationally changing for your whole community um and it's really hard for people to block you now as an investor people can try to block you but you know there's different tools that have disrupted the way that you can accumulate wealth and uh tech is that sector and that's really why i'm in it you know people think you know i do this to make a lot of money but the majority of it is to give back to the community. But going back to NFTs, it's a um, uh, non-fungible token. So mm-hmm. an easy way to think about it is like an artist, right? So artist makes a painting. And uh, that one painting, uh, like a Basquiat, a Basquiat mm-hmm. has a painting and it can yep. be sold for whatever. And But once that painting sold, uh, 
he's no longer the owner of it. When we have an NFT, and you can make different prints of that actual uh, the actual original painting. So he makes a painting, and that one does really well sales. But then he can actually make prints, which isn't the original. You know what I mean? It isn't the original, but people can buy uh, a replica. It's like a replica jersey. You know, it's not the authentic. It's not the authentic one of one, but it's you know it looks like it, and, and you can uh, experience it. NFT it just lives in a digital world, and I got an amazing. Uh, I told my guys I'm still this quote. So one thing you have to do in the NFT space is you got to really engage in the community. And the community lives on Twitter. The community lives on Discord. So I never use Discord, but now that I'm in NFTs, I'm on Discord. So if I see a project I like or NFT I like, uh, I find a Twitter page. And then if it's verified, I go straight to the link to the Discord and I join the Discord community. And the whole community is telling you what's next, the roadmap of the NFT. Because these NFTs, um it's not right now it lives as like um it's like you got you know how we had trading cards growing up Ronnie. um uh, we had yeah. trading cards and we had these trading cards and they live and it's like you can lose it or you know it just sit and collect dust what well, is nfts it just lives in the digital space like on the computer and it lives there forever but when you are on the blockchain the blockchain is, is a whole nother rabbit hole but it lives on a blockchain there's a ledger there's uh, a, a written transaction that lives and it exists and you can see exactly who owns it. Like it's really, it can be stolen with, you know, being hacked. But in terms of like, you know, who owned it, when they owned it, when they, who has it. And in, uh, in the future, or it still lives like this today, if I make an NFT and I'm the originator of it and I make this painting and I sell it as a digital asset, someone can buy it. Every time it gets sold, I get a percentage of the sale. Mm. That's never happened in the art space. So people are like, you know, it's taken away from artists. It's like, no, actually, it's not. It's bringing more wealth to the artists. That's what I was going. That's what I was going to ask. Our traditional, our traditional artists are they getting on the uh, the NFT uh, um, bandwagon kind, or are they starting to sell uh, artists um, I, paintings and things like that? I think they're trying to figure it out. You know, you got different projects, and and, and NFTs can it's just it can exist. It's not just a piece of art, but also. Uh, a trading card or a digital clip, which is yeah. uh, Dapper Labs and NBA Top Shot, which is blew up. I, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've seen that. So, you know, instead of you have a trading card, you have a, a moment, which is like, it's a five second video. People are like, well, you can just go to YouTube. And it's like, well, you got a trading card. I can just print out a piece of paper and put somebody's picture on it. You know, what's the difference uh, between the two? You know, so uh, it's all about how you see it and how you value it. And uh, it lives and it exists forever. You can't really take it away, especially with how the blockchain is working, how the yeah. blockchain is so disruptive and how the blockchain can be used as an, as, as an asset for different communities who haven't had uh, opportunity to um, participate uh, really in the financials. You know, uh, there's so many things you can do in the blockchain space. and the cryptocurrencies, but the hardest part is called decentralized finance for a reason where there's no controller. And obviously, as we all know, with our people, control has been a big issue and something we've had yeah. to deal with for hundreds of years in this country. So that decentralized finance put those in power in a vulnerable situation. I think they're really afraid of it. So that's why you have so many crazy ebbs and flows and that roller coaster ride of the prices of Bitcoin or Ethereum and, and how these different things work. Yeah, so, I know you talked yeah. about the artist making money you know, as it keeps getting sold, right? They get a percentage. So with something like NBA Top Shop, how are the players profiting from that? Because they're mm -hmm. using your likeness and they're selling these moments 
Um, how do the players capitalize off of those? That's a good question. Yeah. The same thing at the trading card. So uh, in order for Tops or Upper Deck or um, Panini, which was the recent uh, trading card, uh, official trading card uh, licensor, I guess that's the right word of the NBA, they had to pay a license fee, licensing fee to put our images on trading cards. These are physical trading cards. So the same uh, rule applies for an NFT or a digital trading card. It's the same thing, but it just lives uh, it lives digitally. So uh, Dapper Labs, which is the parent company of Top Shot, they have to pay a licensing fee or we come to an agreement with the NBA and the NBA Players Association to say, hey, uh, and then we do our homework and saying, well, how much money are you generating? You know, uh, your platform really exists because of the game we play and how we play it and the influence that we have. So, you know, we're realizing that you know, our value was much higher than we thought before. And uh, although they are doing something different and bringing a different type of value to us, we ultimately hold that value. So we negotiated a deal and said, hey, this is how much uh, we want for you to have our rights. And then we want a percentage of all the sales. And uh, that's why you see licensing fees and, and TV rights and all those things keep going on up and up is because there's so much activity surrounding our sport and surrounding a lot of the, the athletes that, uh, you know, we're probably the most visible African-Americans on earth and, and there's so much value in, in what we bring to people's lives and, and, and things that we do. So, well, so with, if you, sorry, Brandy, now with name image likeness too, I know that that's going to be an amazing opportunity for college athletes and high school athletes, really. So 100%, 100%. And I got a great point on that. So, you know, what you realize with the, with the NIL is that uh, who lost no money and who's still pocketing a lot of, you know, the the, the, the um, TV rights, the NCAA, uh, they didn't lose one cent with hmm. uh, this ruling. And what they said, hey, uh, everybody's on us about making these, helping these kids get money and letting them make money. Okay, go make your money. But one pot that won't get touched is ours. So they they were really smooth with how they rolled that out. And it's going to be hmm. really interesting to see uh, what a lot of these kids are doing going forward. And uh, it's, it really it irks me at times and it's bothersome because it's like we got to figure out a way to properly, you know, uh, compensate a lot of these athletes that are drawing uh, a great amount of, of revenue for our organization and they're not sharing none of the profits. And uh, our culture, uh, when I say culture, I mean a lot of African-Americans, which are, you know, the, the, the uh, basketball athletes and the football athletes. And uh, I would say women's college basketball brings in a ton of revenue and they're bringing in as much revenue as, uh, as the men's, especially during the tournament. And that's a lot of African-Americans in that space. And the NIL is really putting that on the back burner and they're trying to help out every athlete, but they're still not properly compensating those that are bringing the majority of the revenue. So there's, so we're still losing out. There's a, there's a saying that goes around. Um, by the time black folks hear about it, it's typically too late. By the time we, where do where do how do we get this information sooner? Is it um and then how do we compare uh like private markets to public markets and things of that nature? Because usually a lot of the business is being done behind the scenes, right? Early on in the private markets, but how do we get this information um early enough to where we can take advantage of some of these things? I know when Bitcoin came out, you hear all the stories now. Um, everybody saying, "I told you to get on a, a twenty years ago when it was five cents. I jumped on when it was fifty cents and." But nobody. So, you know, typically if another black man comes to me and he's like. I got this, I got a great business idea, you know what I mean? Buy these big, buy these big coins. I know if somebody would have told me that 20, uh, 
10, 15 years ago, I probably would have looked at him like he was crazy too. Uh, by uh, to try, it's hard enough to try to understand a digital token today, right. let let alone you know fifteen years ago or whenever uh, Bitcoin came out. So how do we uh, get people to find get this information a little bit earlier? That's a great question, and it's sad to say, you know, but it took a black man to be killed on camera for people to really start. Uh, opening the door and let, at least letting us get a, a peek into what's going on. Uh, so mm-hmm. you're seeing that a lot now with uh, some of the initiatives that are going on. Uh, a lot of companies were doing it, you know, just for a public image or, you know, just to make sure they, they check the box. But I think what we're doing is we're doing a great job of holding them accountable and saying, hey, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you budgeted, you know, 20 million to the cost, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a year and a half later, you know, Where's it at? Where did we go? Yeah. You know, yeah. they're asking for some receipts. And I think we've got to continue to apply pressure. And we have to start understanding who we are. We still have some work to do in terms of our our habits, good habits, mm-hmm. bad habits, and mm-hmm. understanding our vulnerabilities. You know, there's always, you know, uh, I was watching Styles Pete the other day talk about, like, you know, why are they always comparing us? You know what I mean? Like, they're always comparing us. You got the better album, you know, Kanye or Drake, you know, yeah, yeah. the better album, uh, Elvis or, or the Beatles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They coexist and let them have success. So they, you know, that crabs in the barrel mentality is crazy, but it's something that was put against us. And, you know, Jay-Z said it, it was like, you know, there's no such thing as crabs in the barrel and it's because crabs aren't supposed to be in the barrel in the first place. So yeah. I think for us is like, you know, we got to self-assess, we got to do more of that. Uh, but the big thing we have to understand is that we are the um, largest spenders uh, in the world, like we are the largest um, consumers, uh, so we buy the m- most products. You know, uh, skincare, healthcare. You're seeing so many brand, uh, brands uh, uh, pop up out of nowhere uh, in terms of uh, you know skincare, um, and we drive a lot of that culture. Um, Rihanna's done an amazing job. You know, I was just watching she dropped it, the the Fenty project on yeah. Amazon recently. Like that's amazing. Yeah. But you're seeing so many. I was looking at the Forbes list of the top. I think it was a hundred women uh-huh. and, you know uh in terms of their wealth and i've seen so many skincare products you know companies and it was you know i only saw a few african-americans uh on the list period but and and, and so much of what we do we, we make a lot of other people rich and uh our money is least recycled within our community out of all the communities in the world and you know um that's something we've been raising awareness on lately as you've been used against us so when we speak on another culture it's like you know, you know, LeBron made a comment about another culture and gave him a compliment. But, you know, he was like, LeBron said this word about this community. And it was like, you know, he was almost put in the doghouse. You know, the cancel culture is very crazy. And I think a lot of that stems from us just being the world and being aware and just trying to hold those in power accountable. But, you know, they see that as a threat. So we just got to just continue to move in silence, continue to gain the knowledge, continue to, um, you know, it, it always takes a sacrifice. So it's like, you know, there's a large country out there that's doing really well right now. And in the eighties, they just disappeared for a while, reorganized and came back at it. And now they're on, they're on the run. Now, you know, uh, we're threatened by them, you know, whether they do things right or wrong way, I won't say, uh, but you know, they reorganized. And I, th- I think we did that with the, with the, with the black Panther party. And, uh, I think, I think it was a president was like, you know, that free, that free, uh, breakfast and lunch program was the biggest threat to American society. Uh, that tells yeah. you everything that you need to know in terms of like when we come together and build, 
you know, where we are, you know, I think historically in human history, we're the smartest, you know, we're the, we're the most athletic, we're the fastest, all those things. And that's that's the reason why they're scared of us. And those analogy used is like, why do you have so many uh, veterinarians in animal hospitals, but you don't see none of those things in a proper care and a proper funding to care for uh, a group of human beings that exist? And it's like, there's a reason why, because, you know, they're afraid of us. Yeah. I hope I'm not saying too much. No, 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 man. I don't think you're saying too much. I think you're saying what everyone should be listening to. That's what I think. Exactly. Um, and I think you touched on something that was real important. Um, just when you mentioned uh, daily habits, um, mm-hmm. I think that's big. I, I'm a big believer in, in this, you know, discipline. Yeah, you can, you can, your success typically comes from that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just having the discipline to do certain things, um, save money um uh, put your uh delay gratification all them things and i think those are a lot of the things that we kind of struggle uh um with it and then social media is not helping us helping it at, you know at all uh mainstream the things they push you know on us um and, and each other and it's the symbolism that we tend to need we tend to want to spend you know spend the most because that's a, that's a shame for us to be the biggest consumer but on the on the lease you know what i mean right right, right. that ownership thing is big and it's like every time we uh, own something that's gaining gain traction they come and buy it you know a perfect yeah. example is uh bt you know what i mean like we 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 BET was a large staple and, you know, Viacom came and snatched it right away and it kind of changed the trajectory of where it was going, you know, but that was, that was huge in our lives growing up. Yeah. Um, and then that just, you know, you see that happening over and over and over again, we get into a sector, we get our foot, we get a, a great footing and we get great supporting, but they'll come in right away and get our, and offer a sweet deal. And just I was, I was going, I was going to ask that. Is that, the, is that kind of the play now? Is it to, to start a company, make it strong, put, uh, Put some marketing dollars behind it, and then just then just sell it to big corporate, sell it to big corporations, and move on. Is that is that kind of a, a play that's going on now? Well, I think it's it's twofold. You know, you can never pass up on an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like oh. Instagram was bought for two billion. Now Instagram yeah. is worth like I don't know. You, Instagram is worth fifty billion, probably more. I don't know what Instagram oh. is worth, but it was sorely undervalued. Like when it got bought, like. But, yeah. you know, if somebody gonna pay you two billion for something. I mean, I'm pretty sure I would sell it, too. But, yeah. you know, and that's not even African-Americans, you know what I mean? So uh, I think it's just you know, knowing your worth, knowing your value. But sometimes there's like a bigger picture. You know, um, I just did a I just did a project with uh, the Teachman Group is one of the uh, one of the largest and uh, most well-respected um, real estate builders in the world. And mm-hmm. uh we just finished a project uh, at Harvard and mm-hmm. something that, you know, the group was, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say I was heavily involved uh, with the deal that's being made is like, we have a large uh, minority cohort that came together and invested in it. And this, mm-hmm. you know, we turned this into a template where we're going to roll this out in so many different places. It's called the ERC project or the enterprise um, research center. And mm-hmm. we're existing right on Harvard's campus. There's student housing. There's a hotel. There's a mm-hmm. research center where students will actually go to school. Um, and these are some of the top uh, um, builders and engineers and uh, constructors of these amazing monuments across the world that are building these buildings. And uh, minorities own uh, a very, very large stake in it. And I think it's a million dollar project. But mm-hmm. um, that's just something right there where that's generational. Like that thing's gonna make a lot of money, but I won't ever see 
any profits off that. And I know that going into it, like I'm passing that to my son and my son's going to be taught mm-hmm. to pass it to, you know, the next generation. And, and that's actually how you build uh, leverage. That's how you're able to get credit. And I think it's just taking things uh, from a different aspect in terms of your thought process and how you look at doing deals and how you look at investments. It's like, okay, how long can this last? And why have others succeeded in investing and having this knowledge in the private sector and why haven't we is because, you know, the short term goal, because we're only going to be here for so such amount of time. And we want to try to maximize our time on earth in terms of our pleasures and what we enjoy. But when you really break it down, it's like we're hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of years behind because of the systems that have been in place, because at one point we did. uh, But we also have this love and caring um, energy to us, you know, from Africa, from being able to absorb the sun and the sun gives us power. All those things kind of go into our aura, how we're built as humans, and it's kind of been used against us. And and now we're 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 in uh, we're in a position to where we keep letting those um, be able to make decisions that ultimately put us in last place. So now it's time for us to take may have to take a generation or two of sacrifice and not enjoy physical things. Yeah. Uh, but you know, going back to our spirituality and going back to you know. Um, you know, that 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 the village raises uh, a kid and not just one one person. You know, we're going back to those vibes and sacrifice for one another. We'll come back strong on other end. Well, and with the, the village raising, um, you know, a child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have all these players coming up under you in the NBA. How are I know that you reach back and you help them a lot, but like, how are you teaching them about this? about investing, about investing with people in their own community. Um, how are you helping players do that? But, but before, before, before you had to add to what she's saying, before you answer that, I know we mentioned about uh, the uh, people who don't have a lot of money struggling to find things to invest in. And to add on to what Alicia said, do you notice the same things with these players who have a boatload of money to go in but? They don't have any information about uh, investing. They don't know where to start as well. Correct. It goes hand in hand. You know, like I said before, the information was never provided to us, so we don't even know where to look for it. But the hardest part about that is getting the younger guys to see the bigger picture. So, you know, they see me on, you know, you know, speaking of, I've been on CNBC many a times. Uh, I've done uh, tech conferences with Bloomberg. Um, they see me on these, you know, at the seat of these tables and uh, on board of different companies and, you know, with some of the top CEOs and they just think like, all right, how can I do that? I'm like, yo, just first things first, like, time out. Like you, you really got to go do like some homework. Like it takes sacrifice. Like whatever you're doing for fun outside of the game of basketball, like just cut it out. There's no more of that. Like, you know, I read every single day. Like these are the newsletters I read every single day. This is the news I'm consuming every single day. Like. I made so many mistakes, like I made a ton of mistakes, but learning from those mistakes and then knowing I'm going to be in that same position going forward. And then mm-hmm. you got to be able to trust blindly sometimes. Like I don't have enough time to explain to you why I'm telling you to read this book or why mm-hmm. I'm telling you to take this meeting with this person. And I know that you won't get, you won't benefit from this meeting right now, but this meeting will help you in a meeting in 10 years from now. That's really going to help you. Like that's going to be the money maker, and even the person I'm telling you to meet today, he, you won't benefit at all from him. Maybe you're giving him something away for free. Like that's what I learned. So I did a ton of like uh, table talks and going to company, um, you know, company retreats and just had conversations and paid for it myself and 
have dinner with people and, you know, for free, not charge anything. And people would have thought I was crazy. And at times I didn't even like really understand it. But looking back, it's like you just building that foundation to kind of brand yourself as this person. But you have to hold yourself accountable with knowing that you have to attain the knowledge. You've got to be able to speak that language. It's going to be a foreign language. And, you know, they got to be able to trust blindly. But it's really hard to get people who are successful. That's something to do that because, you know, they, they know I'm like, I'm really good at this. And obviously we all have our egos and we don't ever want to let people see us with our guard down and not knowing something is seen as letting your guard down. And that's yeah. something that's really scary for, you know, athletes yeah. of our, of our nature is like, I don't want to show anybody that, you know, they're better than me or something, or I need someone's help. And it's just like, yeah. it's, it's a, long process and it's really hard to explain to a 19 year old kid so i just try to pull them in slowly but surely you know try to figure out what they like attaches to something in the business world like i know a kid who's like jordan Poole was really into fashion uh but he's like he's not like normal so he's not just buying stuff just to buy stuff it's like he has very particular things that he likes so i'm like okay this kid gets it so i have this really cool brand that i've invested in and i'm going to pair that them with him and their tech first company and i'm just seeing different synergies from him on that and then i can go to a guy like uh, clay thompson who takes his boat to practice every day and then now it's his company they took a few engineers from uh spacex and they they started art boats which is the <laughs> you know one of the first ever uh uh electric boats and, and boats is probably one of the worst things used for you know uh the the, the ecosystem and uh part of and, that, and, and that's and that's the dopest idea by the way to leave home yeah. and take your boat to work every morning and come back that's the, correct that, that's a that's the that's gotta be the dopest but <laughs> i didn't mean to right. cut you off but i had to, no, no, I had to no, say that but like no like this is a tesla for boats and the same yeah. robot plans and how they're going to do it and it's like okay clay gets it he's the perfect guy to match for this company like i'm comfortable with not taking credit for something. So I know I can put different guys in places for them to have success because I know it's going to come, it's going to return tenfold for me. Like I know it was yeah. some form or fashion. And then it's also going to help me be, be good at building what I'm trying to build, which is identifying strengths, identifying weaknesses, uh, knowing every part of the business plan, whether it's for marketing or, or sales or, you know, being able to read a PL spreadsheet and how the, how being part of the union was really helpful and, and it really, push me forward in terms of how you think about business. And now I've gotten a lot of different guys into, it's cool now to be a part of the union. It's cool now to have a seat at the table and negotiate against the big powerful NBA, but also understand it's a partnership. And, you know, when it's time to, you know, they'll have negotiations and go at each other's throats, you know, traditional businessmen. But as soon as the meeting's open, over, deal's done, they're the best of friends. Let's build together. Let's, let me help you make yeah, money. Exactly, you exactly. Make, so it's a different yeah. mindset of yeah. against the NBA. It's like, no, it's really a partnership. You just got to know, you know, when to stand on your ground and go at them forcefully and then set, take a step back and say, hey, yeah. we're in this together. Let me help you because I know ultimately you're going to help me. So it's just different ways of thinking about things because of the experience yeah. and going like deep into what you're doing and, and, and trying to get educated on it. You said you said you made you said you made some um Alicia, did you want to say something? Well, I was just gonna that? say mention that there was a shift in it being cool to be in the union now. Yes. And in so many ways, there's a shift in business, there's a shift in that. 
um, a shift in so many things um, business-wise when it comes to the MBA. What do you think that shift was? Like, what was the start of that? Because I, even just working in the MBA, I saw the shift happen. You know what I mean? But what do you think was the start of that? Because it's been uh, huge. It's interesting. You know, when certain events happen, you know, rules change and mindsets change. And it's just, it's just you know, you go back to the malice in the palace and that fight. And that led to the, that led ultimately to the dress code. And then the dress yeah. was yeah. thought of like, yo, man, they trying to put shackles on us. They trying to hold us down. They trying to control everything we do. Uh, we're, just, we're just, we're the most creative beings on earth. And our culture is everywhere. And people follow our moves. And we really make, we, deter, we define what's cool. So we took the dress code and look what we turn the dress code in. Like yeah. people that started actual companies and Instagram blogs and publications and content creations around the fashion that we created because you know, of a rule that was put in place. And now guys are thinking totally different about their brands. You're seeing guys in the front rows of fashion shows over in Paris, uh, New York Fashion Week, like all these different things. You're seeing guys do, uh, you're seeing guys do uh, partnerships with the top fashion brands, you know, uh, obviously Rihanna and Fenty, uh, you know, Jay-Z was a big part of that with change clothes, you know, he had the button up, that was around the same exact time. So. Guys, you know, it was Michael Jordan had the template in terms of what it meant to be a businessman and an athlete. And then it's just evolved with a lot of things that a lot of rules that are put in place because we're just so creative. So that's just going everywhere. And it's like for somebody like me, I'm like, I'm looking for my lane because I feel like, you know, I have the brain power and the celebrity or whatever you would call it uh, to, to take a lane of my own and be at the forefront of that. And, and tech was that space. And I just took it and ran with it. Especially when you have... When you the actual what's behind it, when the when basketball, uh, rap rap music, uh, R&B music, they drive the culture so much. It's got to be a bigger piece of the pie. When you really realize what we control, even in sports media, when I look at sports media, I look at you 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 always you wonder like, what do we need ESPN for? What do we need some of these other companies for? When you are at the actual product, you know what I'm saying? I, it, it like the the athletes, the entertainers seem to drive it all. And I think you're seeing that with. Uh, I was just reading an article on podcasts. You know, it's the first time for athletes to be able to like voice their opinion and control their crowd. You know, and there's so many gems in there. And uh, you know, you and I talk about it all the time. And I'm very careful with how I give those out because yeah. you know the main thing comes down to is capital, and they control all yeah. the capital. So in yeah. order to really control it, you have to set the infrastructure. You have to set up these yeah. pieces and put them in place. And in order for you to you know buy users, is essentially what's going on. So. You know, when you're looking at the tech space and it's like, I want to win this space, it's like, all right, what are your what are your threats? You know, one question I ask is like, okay, where do you want to be in 10 years? And, and the company says, I want to be here. And it's like, well, who's gonna come after you if you gain as much traction? You know, if you do that well, then Amazon's Amazon's got all the data. They're gonna say, okay, they're making moves. So we need to get in that sector too. You start out with content. Apple's in the content, Amazon's in the content, Google's in the content, Facebook's in the content. Everyone's in the content. Netflix just disrupted everything. And Netflix made people change the way they think. And they were changing some of the largest corporations. So, you know, when we make our plans 10, 15 years down the road, we have to plan and say, hey, Google's going to come after us. Facebook's going to come after us. So they're just a trillion dollar market cap companies. And mm -hmm. they can just, they're just buying, you know, it's like called customer acquisition costs. How much does it cost? For me to make sure that you end up on my platform and yeah, you don't have yeah. the capital, you know, you're just gonna, you know, big bang take a little bank is all we've been saying all our lives. <laughs> That's literally what goes yeah. on. So 
just having an understanding that, you know, all the gems that we've been given by our our ancestors and the gems we're given going forward, you know, we use it in a certain twang. Like Big Bank Take Little Bank was a very funny thing we did as kids. Like whoever had more money took the smaller person's money. That is happening in the real world. We don't know that because, you know, we're just sticking along the line. (laughs) So I'm saying that to say, like, how do we really get a foothold on it? It's just like, uh, I think, uh, I won't say who told me, uh, but he's one of the more uh, wealthy African-Americans, he was like, you know how much money all African-Americans make globally, annually? And when he put mm-hmm. the figure in front of me, I was like, whoa. Now I start thinking different. I'm like, you know, like I said, it takes a village to raise a kid. Like, group economics is a real thing. And yeah, there was, there was, there was one, t- there was this one time we were, we were in, uh, I think we were in Danville. And then we, we, we was driving to CVS and we got to talking about uh, the, the group economics thing. And we started talking about the billionaires. So, I, you know, the, all the world's billionaires. And I started reading that. I was I was mentioning that list to you. And I noticed that um, there was only maybe uh, the top the, the top black billionaire on there. I think the number was so low compared to the top. Uh, the the top of white billionaires in this in this country, and I think Walmart had like the top three brothers and sisters and 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 everything in there. So and and then on top of that, we only had a handful on that list, you know, to be to begin with. You know what I mean? Right. So the interesting about that is that the more wealth you accumulate, the more you try to hide it. As African, I got you. I got you. I, I got you. I don't think, I don't think I any other culture has to do that. Because the yeah. more money we wait now, we're worried about them, about being on their radar. They're like, oh, they uh, got one up here. Let's make sure yeah. we keep the control. We don't want them to give too much knowledge now. So and even I like things like that, I just say because that's just me. I just talk like whatever. Yeah. Like, but yeah. I really should be careful going forward in terms of how I give that message in terms of like we have to hide our wealth because when we get too, it's funny because when you look at our culture, you look at music, you look at the entertainment that they push out. It's like the jewelry, you know, the money. And Jay-Z's always talking about, like, the money phones. It's like, you don't need to show money if you have it. And it's like, yeah. that's not real wealth. And it's like, when you get real wealth, it's like, you don't want them to know because now, you, now you're in a position it's like, oh, now you're on their radar and they're trying to control how your money is, how you spend it, how you give it, how you give yeah. it back. You know, like, there's a reason why HBCUs have been struggling in terms of uh their endowments and then you got stanford yale all those you know ivy league schools have you know these billion multi-billion dollar endowments and you know they don't need to wish for kids you know you've been seeing you've been seeing what you just said happen all over the internet you've been seeing guys um so-called businessmen posting uh who've made a fortune in business i don't know really know what they're selling you know but what they try to sell is the uh the candy from everything, you know, yep. the cars, the, you know, they had these big Instagram followings and yep. big YouTube followings. And that's thing you know, you, you, the, the feds rating, you know what I mean? Or you got everybody in your business and they, and they disappear and nobody really knows what they're selling. You know what I mean? Correct. Correct. And, and I think that's something that's, I think we were talking about that. I was reading about it. You know, there's so much information you can find through social media that's positive that can educate you. It's all about yeah. how you tailor or how you filter you know, your scroll and what's your intake in. And you got to make sure that those are the right things that allow you to be, you know, smarter on the, on the way out, you know? So uh-huh. making sure it's like a rapper said, if I'm rapping about money, drugs, cars, women, 
They're going to push that out for me. They're going to, you're going to see that on everybody's feet because they're controlling mm-hmm. the algorithm. That's the part about mm-hmm. the infrastructure. But if you're rapping about saving your money, investing, uh, being cautious of who's watching you, uh, Big Brother, any of those things, they filter that out so no one sees it as much. And that's a tall tale sign of where their minds are and what's important and what's not. Things they push aren't important. Things they don't push are the things we need to seek and find because they don't want us to find those things. And that goes back to just, you know, the finance and, you know, private equity and public uh, of, of knowledge of wealth. All those things are hard to find because they don't want us to see it. You said you said you said earlier about we talked about um people making uh early mistakes. And I know we, we've had these conversations and you mentioned what type of what, what type of mistakes maybe early in the league when you first came in, you you show up to you show up to Philly, you're in the locker room with Allen Iverson. I think them was the real gaudy days. I know when I come up to I know when I was coming up to Oracle, it was uh it wasn't a whole lot of uh but you know, I take that back. If I come visit you, you don't have a whole bunch of Rafes and Rolls Royces in right. your driveway, things of that nature. You know, nice cars, but nothing. You know, nothing too crazy. You know what I mean? So, right. what 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 did you learn from your early days in Philly um, to where you are right now? That 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 have you thinking that way? What type of mistakes did you make? Well, I flew under the radar, so that was really good for me. So, like, I was just trying to prove people that I, that I belong, and I think the NBA and the MBPA does a good job of trying to steer you in the right direction as a rookie. And they say, watch out for these traps, watch out for those traps. And as much as you say it, until you experience it, you, you know, you're going to have to fall in a few traps. You know what I mean? And uh, the environment, you know, your product of your environment. So, you know, you someone's telling you what's cool and you got to figure out for yourself if it's cool or not. Like, you know, our culture and our music and you listening to it and you know it just gets ingrained and it's going to take you time to understand like that may that's not the way to go you know like Nas is doing some amazing things in the tech space and he's putting it in his music which is amazing Jay-Z's doing the same thing so you're seeing that more and more and more yeah kind of getting away from you know money cash holes you know from 1998 you know the transformation but some of us don't have that time to, to you know one mistake can Put us out the game for forever and that's the uh, hard part of being who we are it's just like we don't get many opportunities to bounce back from a, a situation where other cultures is like they're able to make four or five mistakes and you know the institutions and you know the the generational wealth that their people that have accumulated allowed them to get out a lot of different troubles you've seen a lot of content that's being made recently too so what we have to do is you know roll up like I always say roll up our sleeves and just start making you know the the right sacrifices yeah I really am a firm believer that you learn more from your mistakes than you do your success I really do believe that and I know earlier you said that you made some mistakes in in investing in business what was one of like your biggest mistakes and what you learned from it oh I know I'll take it like I'm a big Jay-Z fan so a loss ain't a loss it's a lesson you know, I'm a big, big advocate of that. But probably the last mistake I made, the most recent one was uh, an NFT space where it really wasn't a mistake. Like I was just really doing homework. So, you know, uh, I'm on Coinbase. I invest in a different uh, cryptocurrencies. So, I, you know, I have an asset allocation to cryptocurrencies. And, uh, you know, I got Bitcoin. I got Ethereum. I got AAVE. I got Cardano. I got Solana. There's different NFTs. I mean, not NFTs. There's different cryptocurrencies. And then you do your homework and you know, Coinbase does a good job of providing the right white papers and white papers is something we have to become uh, more accustomed to hearing that word and knowing what it is. And it's basically, you know, a business breakdown of why that particular thing exists and what purpose it serves. 
So mm-hmm. just doing some homework in these different spaces and meeting the right folks who are experts in the space. You got to have your experts close to you and just keeping you up to date on what's going on because there's too much information you can't you can't pick up on it, right? So you just got to tailor it so you're getting on the main things and they're 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 defining you. And that's what tailoring your social media is all about. Like the right news has to find you. And if you tailor your phone the right way, that iPhone, all the right news will come to you. So you got a Coinbase. And then from there, uh, uh, set up, uh, now I'm on uh, OpenSea, which is another company I invested in, which sells all the NFTs. And they um, verify you know, the, the authentic NFTs and authentic projects that are being rolled out weekly you know there's thousands and thousands and thousands of them they're being the millions easy soon and then from there being able to get a metamask wallet and then that metamask wallet is how i uh get money from my coinbase put it in my metamask now metamask uh integrates into OpenSea. now i'm buying nfts now it's going to my wallet now I'm, I'm i'm having all this i'm having all this uh assets what you call them mm-hmm. of nfts mm-hmm. so from there you really have to do homework. Like I said, go to the Discord, find some projects you like, some little cool things, find out what's hot. You start following, you know, 50 different people. Now Twitter's doing a good job of they're tailoring uh, the knowledge you're getting themselves and like, okay, these are the right people to follow in the NFT space. Now you're, you know, following them, reading on what they're doing, what they're following, doing the same thing in the Discord. So now it's like, okay, I got a good idea of what's hot. You know, like, you know, like the Gucci's hot, Louis Vuitton's hot. You know, Prada's hot, Chanel's hot. Like people are different, have different moments. And then you have your Supremes, you have your billionaire boys club. So the same way we consume like fashion, different things, it's the exact same thing. So we're capable of consuming information. You know, we're just tailoring how that information is getting to us. So the mistake I made was that uh, I'm clicking on different links, just trying to gather more knowledge. Like, all right, I'm trying to buy this, but when you buy this, you need this to go with it. You know, like there's a cool cat, but with a cool cat or, um, with a cool cat, you get something else. And then there's the gutter rat. And then there's the there's there's the gutter uh, cat. It's different things you can buy and iterations of different NFTs. So I'm clicking on different things, just trying to learn more. Click the wrong link. And it was basically somebody was able to hack into my phone and hack into my wallet because Ooh. of the link that I clicked. And they end up stealing the cool cat. That's probably worth like, it was like five Ethereum. And Ethereum was probably like 3000 at that time. So it was like a $15,000 uh nft so they stole fifteen thousand just off that and they was able to get like one ethereum or two ethereum on my account as well so just that fast i lost like 20 grand but i learned so much from that like i started talking to being that i had got so interested in these communities and talking to like the you know you got to use your celebrity sometimes so now i'm getting the top folks in these spaces and they're like all right they're so cautious and they take so much care of their space they were so upset that what happened to me they start feeding me everything all right you need a cold wallet which is uh, a hardware wallet which that's, that's where that's where it gets confusing right. <laughs> it gets confused so it's like this is a, a wallet yeah. right and uh, then it's plugged into my computer and when i buy something it goes into here i unplug it now this this isn't on the actively this isn't actively in the cloud or actively on internet. Somebody can break into that. So all everything that I own is just in there. So instead of all these paintings on my wall, all my paintings are in here. No one can hack into that. And then, you know, you have this, uh, it's a special phrase password that's like 18 words. And I had it in my phone. Somebody can easily hack into my pictures in my phone and get that and then attach that to my MetaMask and just take all my stuff. So now I got to write it down. 
And then there's these uh, other, say this is a pen and it's a scroll that goes inside here, a piece of paper, and it's, it, it's not destructible. If, even if it's a fire in my house, I can go get this. Because I know people who've lost a million dollars in the NFT space. They told me like I lost a million dollars. I would quit because I was quitting at like, 20 grand. I'm like, I'm out. I quit. I'm never coming back here. Right. And like, no, don't quit. Like, we need you. We're all about this. It's a couple bad actors, just like anything. And we try to protect each other. So being that I did, the one thing I did right was get in with the community mm-hmm. and the community. And I'm not here for uh, a quick money grab and I'm trying to get out. Like, I'm here for the long haul. And they looked out for me. So now they got me the, uh, the, the cold wallet and they taught me different ways to hide uh, my NFTs and to be cautious, not to click on any links in the Discord projects and then how to properly do this and that. So that mistake. And then one guy was like, yo, think of 20,000 as your tuition. And then now you I feel like comfortable. Now I've been buying all types of things and, and everything's in a safe place. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty thousand is my daughter's tuition, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> man, come on, man. But Twitter, but look, Twitter is it? Twitter, I think, is a great place for information. You know, like typically when I want to find out about uh, cryptocurrencies or if I want to find out about NFT, it's a lot of information on on Twitter as well. Do you, do you ever do you ever search there for some of your info? So Twitter is like my go to place. So people like. People always ask me like Twitter or Instagram, I'm like Twitter, like Twitter is where I get all my news. So mm. it's like tailored to everything that I need to know. So like one thing that's big for me is like, I always got to have an ear to the ground of what's going on in the culture. So mm. people was like, yo, he left the hood. He left the hood. It's like, nah, I mean, I may not be able to get back as much, but I know what's going on. So anything that's going on with our people, I follow the right things in the right places to feed me that information. And then my tech stuff. Is, that's feeding me that information and then mm-hmm. the markets is feeding me that information and then this nfts now is feeding all that information and then you know you can tailor with groups now so you know whatever you want to find you can find it and i'm making sure that uh if i go through one of those situations people's like i've been on my instagram for 30 minutes and i didn't i came out with nothing i just look yeah. at a bunch of photos of nonsense where if i'm on twitter for 30 minutes it's like oh man i learned crazy amount of things in the last 30 minutes yeah. it was just all knowledge that i needed now i'm taking that going out to the world having this meeting having that meeting like i had a, a one of the best meetings i ever had last week with a guy in the private equity space and i happened to listen to the black rock uh or blackstone podcast that morning on the way to work not knowing the two were related and mm-hmm. in that podcast they mentioned that company that i was going to meet that evening and i didn't know that they were that relevant and I'm yeah. like, whoa! I'm going to, I'm going to one of those places today. Like this is one yeah. of the top places on earth. And then it just kind of changed my mindset of how I went into. It. I always go into a series, but I'm like, okay, I know what I'm dealing with. Let me do some more homework around this. So when I get to the meeting, he was like, where are you? Wow, you're very knowledgeable. I'm just yeah. myself like, nah. Like I just set myself up where information's coming in, so I'm ready for this moment. And whenever it comes, like I said before, like I'm have a guy meeting another guy. And I'm like, it may not help you today, but in eight years, you're going to remember that meeting and be like, boom, that set me up for success. So what does all so what does all this mean for the the traditional uh, um, ways of investing? Okay, if you go back to when the when uh, the dot com boom happened, um, and and since then, since the emergence of the internet, the world's really never been the same. So. What is like this new uh, NFT, this digital space, this blockchain, this ledger? What does that mean for like 
traditional things like real estate or or brick and mortar small businesses and things of that nature or is, is this like a sign of something bigger down down the road and and to couple couple that with all the talks about all the energy that it takes what does it mean to the environment with all the energy that it takes to mine for these different things and have this this digital space that we're in right now well it's like a it's a deep rabbit hole like we can be on here for two hours talking about like yeah. You can go like uh, things that are good for the earth and then how something like Ethereum, there's gas prices. And I would yeah. never gave it a thought until I start buying NFTs. And I'm like, yo, these gas prices are crazy. It's like, <laughs> you think it's like a tax, but it ain't like a 5% tax. It'd be like, the tax is more than an actual project. Like I saw yeah. one thing, I'm trying to buy something for 200, but the tax, the gas tax at that moment, because it changes over time, like it changes by the hour. It was yeah. like $300. I'm like, the tax is more than an actual thing. Yeah. So you, know, you start looking in the other currencies and you know cardano is one of them and solana is another one where there are no yeah. gas prices so people are yeah. changing the way or the currency or the platform that they're uh doing these digital uh currencies through and that's just very disruptive because i think bitcoin to mine one like bitcoin mines uh, more energy is being used in bitcoin than whole countries uh spend energy which is it's crazy, crazy. So it's nuts you know, and then, you know, one book that was really helpful for me and it kind of like you sometimes you got to read things outside the box. So I read a book on Stephen Hawking. I read his last book he wrote. It was like uh, the brief answers to the brief questions. Uh-huh. It was the last book he wrote before he died. And it was a simplified way of telling people like, this is what I've been doing all my life. Like I've been trying to find out what's in a black hole. It's like, why would you try to find out what's in a black hole? And then he's sending, uh, he's shooting laser beams the size of an atom to other galaxies and to other mm-hmm. planets. And it's like, why would you do that? It was like at some point, Earth is going to be raining sulfuric acid. Oh, yeah. like Earth is going to be raining fire. <laughs> it's not going to be during our time, but it's going to be soon. Yeah. So at some point, we're going to have to figure out how to habitat on a different planet. At this, at this point, at this point, it, why are you going to the at this moon? at this on? point? It was it wouldn't surprise me if that happened tomorrow. At this point, I, I was just going to say I wouldn't be shocked. Correct, <laughs> but it's just the way we're living. We're destroying our Earth. We're over consuming. We're overproducing, and then like you know the greenhouse effects with animals and like people like you know. Uh, the Big Sam, whatever they call them. Big Sam is like trying to make sure like, you know, uh, the people who make cigarettes are also the same people that advertise not to smoke. It's the craziest thing ever. So yeah. the same thing with like beef, like the biggest thing, the biggest real estate, uh, not developer, but the thing that consumes the most space on earth is cows. And the thing that consumes the most water is cows and grass. And like, you know, their actually, what is it? Their feces or their gas that comes out of their bodies is really what, that's what global warming is coming from on top of us trying to consume and uh, over drill and, and trying to get oil to make more gas. That's why these electric electric cars are being more valuable and something that's need to be more adaptive because we're, we're just shortening our time that we have on earth. So when you read a book like Stephen Hawking, it just opens your eyes into why something would work yeah years from now now you're just thinking about things differently now is you're yeah. not just looking past somebody throwing trash on the ground like now you're like no we really got to take care of what we do but then that takes a habit and you take care of everything that you do so that just sets like a lifestyle habit you know you take care of your body your mind your spirit the earth and it's just like you know it was andre 3000 had a song and it was like um mother effer we're starting to you know mother earth we're effing her it was it was on a criminal album and now that just yeah. Like, I always remember that line. I'm like, damn, he said this yeah. in, what was that, 98, 99? And it's like, this is like that dude's brain is on another level. So, like, to me, that's why he's one of the greatest MCs of all time. Yeah.
Top top he in your top five? Top five for sure. Top five for sure. That's what what are what what is your top five? Let me see how close it is tomorrow. Uh rappers is Jay-Z. Kendrick Lamar's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh Andre the Thousands in there. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody. I know I am. Uh as of late, I don't know if Freddie Gibbs is not in my top five right now, but as a recent uh, that's, that's the second, five. that's the second Freddie Gibbs mentioned. Freddie Gibbs is nice this 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 week. He got some knowledge. Um dang. Man, Pac and Biggie not Pac Biggie not in your top five. Say it again. Pac or Biggie not in your top five, huh? Nah, they were just their catalog was cut short. The catalog yeah, was cut yeah. short. I was a big Pac fan, young, but then I was a big Biggie fan as I got older. Real big Biggie fan as I got older. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody. I don't even get a chance to listen to music. Uh, Anybody like, from the West Coast? Ooh, from the West Coast. That's a good question. Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Oh, that's right. You did Lamar. say Kendrick. That's right. You did say Kendrick. Kendrick. Kendrick needs to drop another project, though. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. It's and on his way. little cousin, Baby King. I'm listening to his album right now. That's a good album. He got he got a few features out too right now on different on different records, don't he? Baby King. I think yeah, I he's on he's on one of my favorite songs on Kanye's album. I don't know if I consider Kanye a rapper, but Kanye's probably the most influential artist of our time, hundred yeah. percent. Like I've grown with Kanye, so he's probably one. Of my, he's one of my favorite artists of all time. Top five artists, Kanye's definitely in there. Like he's like top two. Donda CLB. Well, I'm a Kanye fan, so I'm going gotcha. with okay. I'm going with Kanye like easy, like because yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's just different type of content. So I think Donda okay. is something that will it's like inspire you, and it's like it can kind of change your ways of thinking. And CLB is kind of something you just vibe to. It lives, it lives great in the moment. But at the same time, I said earlier, it's like you. I hate comparing, comparing. Yeah, yeah. it takes away from just like excellence. I got you. So you back on the West Coast now? You back? You back? Was that a hard decision to come back? Was that was that pretty easy? Or you kind of? No, it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard. It wasn't hard. hard. Um, I was almost done. Like I was, I was good being at home. But here is home, so yeah. it's just like, you know, I'm at home already, and then I'm still good at, still good at this thing I do. I think I'm still somewhat good. Or it did, I don't know it, if it's it my good or is that <laughs> young guys aren't. Yeah. Are you hey, guys tell them you not. They should. should be getting. <laughs> tell, tell, tell them you're not here to you're not here to just coach coach young guys. I mean, you're in better shape than some of the young guys. So you're here to actually contribute and get. And, yeah, I cracked on the guy like in the game like the last two years. I'm in the game like I'm like young fella. There's no way I should be out here with you. Like, how am I getting the best of you? I'm like, y'all gotta get better. Yeah, I, I supposed to push me out a long time ago, but you know, I got some good genetics. Pops, pops left me some good genes, uh, so I'm still still yeah, able Before you go, I got uh, Alicia got a dope question she want to ask you. Go ahead. We want to ask you about it earlier, Alicia. Yeah, well, you were talking about doing all this research on Twitter <laughs> and that you love to use Twitter. And I was just wondering if you've uh, put some respect on anyone's name uh, lately or yet. Lately. <laughs> I still follow all those folks. You know, it's, it's you know, we're, we're like 20. What were we talking about earlier? We were talking about the things you could say back then, in like in the, even in like the mid two thousands, that you couldn't say right now. Like it's just crazy because it just draws a reaction out of everything. And I think one of the things is like we're just so we're just so it's like ingrained in us to react to one another as, as opposed mm-hmm. to reacting to them. You know, so mm-hmm. I was I was really upset about that because. It was out of it was the initial thing was respect like yo this is an amazing talent i see it 
Yeah. Uh, I'm in the bubble. I actually had on a WNBA hoodie at that moment. I just did a podcast with a WNBA hoodie on. It's just like empower our women. And then that was mm-hmm. just a form of doing. I'm like, my TV's on mute and I'm working. Like I was doing some tech work, but the TV was on. And uh, I just happened to look up and saw like highlights and buckets. I'm like, I don't know. I can't hear. So I'm like, whoever this is, is crazy. I just see the number. Like, I, this is crazy. Yeah. So I'm like, a way for us to pull one another up is just, just to speak it into existence. So just say it. So normally I wouldn't tweet about it, but I was just like, hey, let me tweet about this because I see it. And it's just going to put our peoples on the map. Like, it's almost better to say who who is, say this number as opposed to this name, because not everybody's going to look for the name. There's different ways you can think about it. Whether I could be right, yeah. I could be wrong. And just for it, the way to react, the way it was, I was upset. And then it also puts into like, you know, I can't, we, we're right around the corner. We, I think uh, media day is Monday and I'm just waiting for the moment that somebody asks me about, you know, the, the block with LeBron. People ask me that all the time. And what I found out is that I praised LeBron, I don't know, 20 times, but it's never made the news. And yeah. I was like, that was one of the greatest things that I've been a part of. Like I was in a game like that was Oh, man, I'm like, yo, that shit was crazy. Like I said it to myself yeah. when it happened, like, that was crazy. Like that was dope. <laughs> and I've said that every single time that someone's asked me about it. I'm like, yo, that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Like, I don't know where dude came from. It was like a gunshot. I'm like, damn, that was crazy. That like, was the block that got you featured on Nicki Minaj's album too. Correct, right? That's so definitely I, it. I, I always say that. <laughs> but then I but then like somebody keep asking, I'm like, hold on, time out. Like, not let's let's not take away from Kyrie Irving. Like that dude is yeah. a phenomenal talent. And then yeah. The headline is Andre Iguodala says that Kyrie's moment was more important than LeBron's. Like, how did we even get there? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's just a part of the narrative they push out, them having the capital to set up the infrastructures and set up the institutions for their voice to be the loudest. Mm-hmm. All that plays a part in, you know, how information is fed to us. And we just got to get past that, you know, that headline. We know how, what makes company valuable and it might be three letters as opposed to what's in the fine print but you always got to read that fine print read the fine sure. print you get all the information you need. but don't you think that's a problem with social media in general is because it's like written right especially twitter right it's like yeah like me did i think you had any like ill will or misintent with that tweet that you put out no you were literally praising somebody with that but people can take it a different way, right? right? And I think that's just part of social media, unfortunately. And it's one of the reasons why I think communication has really broken down with humans and human beings. It's because we rely on it so much. That is the, it's just it right there. Like you can end every conversation with that. Like communication has broken down with humans in general. And that's the same way with, you know, we're tearing the earth up with how we're overconsuming yeah. and we're, you know, everybody wants that instant gratification. No one wants to put the groundwork in. No one wants to lay the foundation. It's just like, see me now. It's just like Instagram is just for, you know, uh, I invested in this one uh, app. It's called Mischief, uh, which is kind of like they want to be the, the tech e-commerce supreme, right? Cool brands, cool things. You know, we, we, we live under the radar. We hack into things. We just do cool stuff. And they had a uh, rollout where it was, uh, we're going to steal uh, the most uh, wealthy people's uh, Instagram post, and we're going to give it out for free. So you can post what they're posting, but it's going to look like it's yours. Like you can feel what they feel. And it's just like, that's where we come with people is like, I got to show somebody uh, what I have because that's what makes you, that's, that's what makes you feel good now as a human being, which is the craziest thing ever. It's just like, it's not spending time with this person or being 
getting better in your habits or someone holding you accountable. Like those things don't have hold as much value uh, as they did before. And it's just, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Will it change? Hopefully it does. But, you know, that's just kind of where society's headed. Well, I actually want to um, thank you for something that you did. I don't even know if you remember this, but we had just won the championship in Cleveland and we had flown there. All the front office people had flown there because, you know, to watch the game because we knew the gravity of the game, obviously. And they wouldn't let us on the court for the celebration. So we were like all standing on the side. And as you came out, I don't know why you did this, but I'm so thankful that you did it. You stopped and you came into the crowd, gave me a hug and said, congratulations. And for somebody who worked in the front office, which was crazy, I was like, congratulations, congratulations to you. Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And for somebody who worked in the front office, I hope you know that like stuff like that really matters. And it mattered to me because it felt like we were seen, like not just me, but like everybody who worked so hard behind the scenes during the playoff runs and, and all of that. And I just want to thank you for that because uh, I never got a chance to do that. So um, I'm glad that I got the chance to do that today. But, you know, that um, the stuff that you're doing to uh, help with the community, to help the players that are coming up with their investments and everything like that. Like, I hope that you understand and know that that is changing things that is that is moving things. And that is more important to me than like um, any kind of like tech move that you could do mm-hmm. because and I know that's involved in it. Mm-hmm. But I just want you to know that that is you're changing the narrative with those things. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And then I think, you know, what I've learned over time is, like I said, I don't always get it right. But, you know, I've learned from moments where I didn't handle something the right way or I didn't appreciate someone the right way. Like, you know, I still have my moments where I falter. But, you know, for me, it's just learning. And then you understand in the process how hard, how hard something really is. It's like it's so many moving parts. Yeah to what goes on and like everyone is valuable like you you know when people are working hard yeah. like that's one thing yeah. i i try to pride myself on is like i work really hard and for me i try to identify people who work really hard i'm like okay that's someone that works hard so whenever uh, wherever i'm trying to build i need someone to fill that uh, that position so i've identified that specific person so i just put those things in my head like okay that's somebody that you know, I'm going to work with down the line. It might be 10 years. It might be 20 years. Okay. That person works hard. Maybe I may not work with them, but they're going to do something special. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, I don't know. Um, so that's just me saying, I really appreciate it. Like, you know, how you carried yourself and how you did your job. And, and it, it was, it was felt amongst the organization and the players, because we understand a lot of things going behind the scenes. And there's some folks who do a lot of great work and don't get noticed. And there's a lot of folks that don't do any work, but get all the credit. So that's just, you know, that's one of those athlete things too. Uh, and, none, and none of what you and none of what you said, Alicia, none of what you said surprises me, you know, at, at, at all. So, I, you know, I, I second that, you know, uh, we started off with just me cutting, you know, cutting you up in the locker room and it turned into a real friendship and a brotherhood. And you've been step, always shooting me game. I get those emails from uh, anything in my industry that comes his way that, you know, might be a good idea for me. So I appreciate you for that. And we also appreciate you for stop spending your Saturday night with us on the podcast. That's much appreciated. Um, we talked about only doing 20 minutes, but I knew it was going to go on a little bit longer than that once we got going. But uh, but I really do appreciate you for coming, man. We're glad to have you back in town. You got anything you want to plug? Anything you want to talk about? Any any gems you want to leave us on the way out? Um, oh, I'm always trying to leave uh, 
uh, businesses that are doing well in the Bay Area. Uh, Horn Barbecue. I went there Horn, a yeah, while yeah. ago, and then I just yeah. popped up on my uh, my Google feed. Uh, okay. That it's like a hidden gem, but it's no longer hidden. So just plug it in. Yeah. Amazing. You know, uh, some great barbecue. Some great barbecue. And uh, we gotta stop busting windows out and going to people's cars. It's, it's not worth it. Yeah. Stop, stop! Stop! Stop the bipping. That has to stop ASAP. We want to enjoy the businesses downtown. We want to enjoy. Yeah, the yeah. My people, people be scared to come in. Like I ain't coming back. And stop stealing the catalytic converters, please. Like oh, yeah. all the people in my neighborhood. Like one of my neighbors got three of them stolen. He had caps on them and everything. So please roll a roll 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 a uh, roll just roll a window. I just I prefer to just roll the windows down. You know right, what I mean? keep it open. Because the headache is just the inconvenience of having to get the window fixed. Yeah, and like, the part of that is us putting too much value on stuff that doesn't matter. So you know we gotta we gotta True. change our way of thinking and what's valuable and it's not. So let's yeah. get back to you know we gotta exactly. make it cool again. Amen. My, I, I let my daughter go to a. Uh, I let her go to a little dirt concert tonight in Oakland, a little dirt, little baby or something like that. I was a little apprehensive, you know, because you know she grew up in the suburbs. You know what I mean? So, but she, but so, but she asked. But the first thing she asked was, "Dad, can I use your car to go?" I don't. She didn't want to drive her car, so, so, so that's why you saw me pull up today in her, her car because she's in mine. But I'm the whole time I'm thinking, I gave her a call. I said, hey, you got a parking pass? Where you plan on parking my, you know, my car? Because that's anytime I drive to Oakland, that's what I think about. God, you're going to come home with no window. But whatever. Yeah, I deal with that way, and I won't dive into how would I deal with that. But I, I feel your pain. <laughs> hey, my brother, thanks for uh, coming on. We appreciate you. Uh, don't be a stranger anytime. You know, we can get you back on here. That'd be great. All right, y'all take care.